Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I don't know that it's super desirable. Um, you know, Kyler just got injured. He just had surgery a week ago. I'm not going to you know, bank on having Kyler at all this year. And if he does come back, I just don't think he's going to be the same Kyler. And whether, you know, 5'9", 5'10", Kyler Murray can be more of a true pocket passer uh, in his year coming back from an ACL surgery, I don't see it. And so I think this year's a bit of a wash. That is uh, Mitchell Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman on the 33rd team, talking about why, what some of the reasons he doesn't think the Arizona Cardinals is a very desirable head coach destination mm. in this uh, hiring cycle. Uh, yet, they have requested and will uh, interview Sean Payton, who is the most coveted of the coaches. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair to say that Payton and Harbaugh are on a different level in this group of, of coaching candidates. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, they're the two impact coaches out there. I'd be happy with either. I'd prefer Sean Payton because I think it's more applies to Kyler Murray um, and sculpting an offense around him. But Jim Harbaugh is really, really good, too. Yeah, so there seems to be this debate with these five openings right now is what would be the most desirable for Sean Payton, who, again, is on record repeatedly saying it's not about the quarterback for me. It's about the front office. It's about the ownership of the teams. Uh, yet Mark Maskey of the Washington Post tweeted, Last night, the Broncos appear to be the front runner for Sean Payton, at least in the early stages of the process. Payton likes the franchise's stable ownership and would be happy to work with Russell Wilson, source says. Mm. What do you make of that? Okay, uh, happy with the, the stability of ownership. Yes, it's the Walton family. Okay, so the money's endless there. It's and new ownership, but, but right, but very stable financially. Right, exactly. So there, you, you kind of know what you're getting into there, and so I think that box gets checked in Denver, and maybe that's a, a big advantage Denver has over Arizona. But but the idea of being perfectly comfortable with Russell Wilson, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, as, as somebody who watched a lot of Broncos games, you started to see the same things that we started to see with Tom Brady. Attrition. Um, a guy that does not move as well as he once did and without it. I I, I don't know. I mean, his, his, his inaccuracy at times this year was just frightening, staggering. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fact that Sean Payton would prefer Russell Wilson over Kyler Murray, that would have to be a case where... Um, he really doubts Kyler Murray because I think that if you are going to stack, if if it's true that he still really likes what Kyler Murray has to offer, I don't think you choose Russell Wilson over it. I don't think so either. But you do have to consider the late career success that, that Sean Payton still had with Drew Brees. Yeah. He was still very effective in that offense. Mm-hmm. Even though, and, and you remember the weekly headlines and the weekly criticisms, Drew Brees lost all of his arm strength. He can't throw the ball down the field anymore. Mm-hmm. They still found ways around that, and he was still accurate at, at that point of his career. I think it's a fascinating question. Uh, and I think what you brought up, too, about the, the differences in ownership. You've got this new group, the Walton family in Denver. Yes, very deep pockets. It's Walmart money. That's, that's serious, serious cash. Uh, but on the flip side... You want to talk about ownership stability. Few franchises have been owned for a longer period of time than any group than the Cardinals have with the Bidwells. Mm-hmm. Michael Bidwell is part of a lot of NFL committees. 
his and I know uh, you know the, the reputation that his father had as a, as an owner from a competitive standpoint was not good. Was not good. Nope. But he was respected around the league, and because I think Michael Bidwell carries a, a lot point. of that same respect. That's a great point. So the the Bidwell name within the league is is for many years, even when the team was terrible, they they appreciated Bill Bidwell because he was the ultimate team guy. He never made waves. Mm-hmm. He always went with consensus. He was always the team player. Um, you know, he, he was. He he was anything but roguish like Al Davis or Jerry Jones. So, yeah, so I agree with that. I, I think there was a duality to it. I, I also think that one of the interesting things to me in this, Vinny, to be quite honest with you, is, you know, uh, uh, when you look at Michael Bidwell's evolution with the Cardinals, he's always had somebody there that's that he's either talked to, reported to, or leaned on, whether it was fa- his father for many, many years as team president. Um, as his father got up there in age, Michael assumed more and more control, but uh-huh. Bill was still the guy in charge. His dad was still in charge. You're right. Okay, and then once that once that passed and once that moment happened that Michael took full control of the team, he always had Steve Kime, and those two were inseparable on, on all road trips and, and – and now it's Michael alone, and I think maybe I think maybe what once intimidated Michael maybe now is sort of liberating to him. Maybe he's feeling like, okay, this is cool. I I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna do this myself. And, and maybe so. And again, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm maybe I'm reading too much into his vibe in that Monday press conference. But if you've seen a lot of the Michael Bidwell press conferences over the years, very buttoned up, very tight. Um, and again, it's just a guy that wasn't always very comfortable with all of it. And I think he, I think he realizes now I got, I got nobody. I've got to recreate this from scratch. And, and I hope that, I hope that, that is, that challenge is kind of speaking him, is speaking to him in a way that, that we have said very verbally, get out of your comfort zone, go spread your wings a little bit. Yes. Here. But here, here's another big difference in the two situations, just comparing Denver to Arizona on all fronts. And you have to consider the possibility of Sean Payton being granted personnel control mm-hmm. of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Right now, Denver does not have that carrot to offer him. Nope. George Payton is the is the general manager. And no, he was not hired by this current ownership group, but I wouldn't call that exactly stable right no. now. No, 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 no. They no. fired a first-year head coach that they didn't hire. I mean... Where and look at the roster: mm-hmm. twenty-eight unrestricted free agents for the Cardinals. That is a massive number of, of, of unrestricted free agents, which is something that would that, be very appealing. Uh, absolutely, you're going to yeah. give me control with that much shopping to do. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sign me up yeah. for that. Oh yeah. Oh, so I so I get to build this thing from ground up, and there's no GM in place, and and the, there's no team president because the team president is actually the owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, listen. If you were looking, if you were looking to to go Madden, create your own franchise mode, it's all there for Sean Payton. It's all here for Sean Payton. Absolutely, not there here. You want to be able to talk about putting your finger. I mean, and and look what the Broncos had to give up to get Russell Wilson in the first place. They mortgaged a lot of their assets. They mortgaged a lot of their draft picks to to, to make that maneuver. So mm-hmm. the Cardinals have I, that going for I them. I think as the well. Cardinals, if the Cardinals want to be in this, I think they're in this. I, I think, think so got, too. I think they've got a shot at this. I think you need to cheer for Dallas to win this weekend. Although I'm not sure Sean Payton really wants to work for Jerry Jones. But then again, it is the Dallas freaking Cowboys. You do a lot lot of damage. It's America's. I've been told it's, it's America's. A, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard the yeah, saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 
Uh, real quick, uh, uh, well, you know why they, you know why they had a, a hole in the roof of their old building, right, Vinny? I've never so, heard of that. So one. God could so watch, God them play could on watch the Cowboys play on Sunday. Wow. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Uh, real quick uh, reaction at the end of the segment we got the mm. news from Ian Rappaport about Brian Flores being requested uh, that's on the interesting cart- that is yeah. a very intriguing and, and I'm not even just talking about the lawsuit stuff and and Brian Flores as a he- just as a head coach he did some very good things in Miami leadership dripped off that guy yes yeah yeah. And he comes from a very good pedigree, mm-hmm. Super Bowl experience with the Patriots under Bill Belichick. That is an interesting candidate. I'm, for a I'm number very of intrigued by that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because if you're talking force of personality, he certainly checks that box. Mm-hmm. Wow. And his players seemed really disappointed when he was gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not, and what, what did the Cardinals lack? Discipline? Mm-hmm. You lack discipline. <laughs> that was not. Get in the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> not a tumor. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> uh, coming up next, we are one day away from playoff football in the NFL. Three games in the AFC, three games in the NFC. We will preview the AFC matchup straight ahead on this Football Friday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Oh, we've been talking about it for a while, but it's here. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend gets underway. Two games tomorrow, three on Sunday, and then one on Monday night. In this uh, edition of Hash Marks, Bick, we will focus on mm. the three games in the AFC. All let's right. just go uh, chronological order. The first game, which is the late game, 6-15, Arizona time kickoff on Sunday night in Jacksonville. The AFC South champion, Jacksonville Jaguars. Let that marinate for a second. Yeah. Doesn't that sound weird? They're hosting the Los Angeles Chargers right. in that game. Um, and I don't think, like I said it earlier in the week, I don't understand why this is the late game and not Seattle-San Francisco, which to me is a much juicier matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not without intrigue because you have two unknowns, really. Jacksonville. Um, you know, in the second year, you know, the first year after Urban Meyer was mm-hmm. able to get hot late. They've got the home game. I the Chargers are a team you never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And when you factor in this this hot seat um, scenario with, with Brandon Staley, who's still under heat because Mike Williams, who played last week and got hurt, even though he didn't need to play last week. He's a game-time decision. And if Mike Williams is not fully healthy, that hampers the Chargers' chances to win this game. So I, I, I think there is some, some intrigue with this matchup. Yeah, no, I think, there's a, I think there's a lot of intrigue with this matchup, basically starting with these two young quarterbacks in Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Are oh, these yeah. two young guys going to be part of like the new generation? I mean, Justin Herbert, I think most people already say, is already there. Is this the best overall hair might be matchup in that, a playoff that game. I think I'm signing off on. Yeah, I mean yeah. those guys have fabulous. Yeah, they both do. Fabulous. I agree. Flow. Listen, it's a real weird postseason in some, and I sketch this out. Two head coaches are going to enter the wild card weekend on the hot seat. Quarterbacks range from the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence to the very last pick, <laughs> otherwise known as Mister Irrelevant. Six quarterbacks return from last year's playoff. Seven will be making their playoff debut. Only two of the twelve quarterbacks. Quarterbacks in the field are in their 30s. 
were either talking about dudes in their 20s or a dude in their 40s. <laughs> it also features the largest point spread in wild card weekend history, Buffalo minus 13.5, and the winners of the and the winners of these this weekend's games are going to have a chance. The last two Super Bowl winners have come from wild card weekend. That's a big overview of what's going down this the weirdness that's going down this weekend. This LA Jacksonville game, this is one of those games where one of these head coaches, Brandon Staley, is this game going to mark the end of him and his analytic weirdness, the going forward on fourth and one from his own 34 in a scoreless game in the first quarter? Or is it going to be a playoff win for Brandon Staley that elevates him above all of that reflexive criticism that comes with the way he coaches? Look, again, if you want the Cardinals, if you want a certain candidate and you want the Cardinals to have first pick of these candidates, you're probably rooting for the Chargers to win this game. Yes. You don't want the Chargers no. to enter that pool no. because they've got a lot to offer in terms of you know what could be attractive to a coaching candidate. These two teams met early in the season, by the way. Uh, in Jackson, excuse me, in Los Angeles, Jacksonville tore the Chargers apart, thirty-eight to ten. Now this game, is Justin a- Herbert didn't play that game, right? Uh, I think that was right after his rib injury. He no, did, he maybe I'm play. wrong. He yeah, did he play twenty-five, oh, okay. forty-five, two ninety-seven. Oh, okay, a touchdown and a pick. So he was but, playing with an injury, is what he was doing. Yeah, because remember okay. he, he hurt it on that Thursday night game yeah, against right. uh, okay. against Kansas City. So, so he, he wasn't right, but played through them. it. Yeah. They worked him. I think Jacksonville wins this game again. Do you? Yeah, I got the Jaguars twenty-three twenty. Okay. Yeah, listen, I don't have a feel for who's going to win this. I think Justin Herbert's the better quarterback. I think Doug Peterson's the better coach. And that uh, that is a pretty wide gap in my and, opinion. And Doug Peterson's won a Super Bowl. Yes. So it yeah, exactly. So I think that kind of speaks to that. You, you we've brought this up, but is there a better example to sort of give Cardinals fans a little hope than the Jaguars of a a coach coming in Fixing a quarterback who had high expectations and they thought was gonna was sort of like on his way to being a slight bust, changing the culture of an organization, and he did it in one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just shows you if you get the right coach, all that can change. Well, they had a, they had a lot of key players too. Uh, they they had a really good off season, and Christian Kirk has been fantastic for them. And I know Christian Kirk was kind of a, a light cards get a guy like that a lightning rod for divisiveness among Cardinals fans because mm-hmm. he, he would tease you, but then he would have the drops. He was fantastic this year. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think that who would um, you rather have, Christian Kirk or Hollywood Brown at this point? Christian Kirk. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I, mean, I yeah, am too. There's no, there's I no question about question. it. Much tougher receiver. Second game in the AFC. The first game on Sunday in Buffalo at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. The Bills. You mentioned that point spread. Thirteen and a half favorites over the Dolphins, who will have Skylar Thompson. At quarterback, I know you've got an affinity for the name Skyler, but I, I'm a little confused because general the generally the the female Skyler is AR and the male Skyler is ER. Generally, Skyler Thompson is AR, so that throws me off a little bit. But I do have an affinity for that first name. You're right about that. So I your do not daughter's ha- with an AR. Yes. Oh, okay. I do not have an affinity for this quarterback though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I they look. I don't. How are they going? How are they going to compete with everything they're Buffalo not, is going to throw at them? They're like, not. And, and let's just throw this as into the mix of possibilities. Mm-hmm. That place is going to be nuts. Oh. Uh, the Bills fan base is nuts anyway, but they've obviously had uh, a lot of emotional things happen. And Demar Hamlin is out of the hospital. 
it is not out of the realm of possibility that he's at Highmark Stadium. In Maybe a suite, in a suite. Waving to waving. the fans. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. That will be. Yeah. Good luck with that, Miami. Yeah, to be fair, even before they announced Tua was officially out. It was an eight-point spread. Yeah, and, and look, Miami's not played well down the stretch, and I still like Mike McDaniel, um, but a lot of the luster's come off of him in, in the last few weeks with the way that that team limped to the finish mm-hmm. line, and a lot of it was tied to the Tua to story. Tua yeah. struggles because he struggled mightily through three picks on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and that loss to Green Bay. That's the last time he played, but uh, they. But not, he was concussed they, when he was throwing yeah, those interceptions. Remember? Well, I think the thing that makes this interesting from a Miami standpoint is if they, with with Waddle and Hill, they've got enough speed to maybe hit on a couple of fluke plays and keep it close. I don't but know. The Bills are a, a superior yeah, football yeah, team. Yeah, I mean that's that's a crazy line for a playoff game. That thing, that thing, literally could be thirty-one to nothing at halftime. I'm going Buffalo thirty-seven seventeen. Ooh, I'm going Buffalo forty-seven to seven. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> and the last game of the AFC uh, is the Sunday night game on NBC. Cincinnati hosting the Lamar Jacksonless Baltimore Ravens. That was Baltimore's chance. Look, Baltimore is a that's a quality organization with a really good head coach, experienced head coach. I just love the way the Bengals are playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they didn't find their footing early in the season. They're finding it now. And when you hear Joe Burrow the week of the game talk about, yeah, I'm, I'm built for big games. This is what I look forward to, and you believe him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think this is still. Probably the best of the three games this weekend in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's winning this. 24-21. Yeah, Cincinnati's going to win this 31-10. to Man, you're all over the blowouts, huh? They're playing a backup quarterback. Why Why Hunt, wouldn't it be third, a blowout? Third string quarterback. If, if it's Huntley, I think it's Stays close. Okay. If they got to go yeah. Anthony Brown. I think it gets up. There, there could be three. I think Joe Burrow is going to light them up. Three third string quarterbacks playing mm-hmm. this weekend in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. One of which is on one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl, but the other two, yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, AFC preview. We'll uh, preview the NFC trio no, of matchups yeah, yeah, on right. 815. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, coming up next, the big stories of the day. Sarah Cazell presents them in the Rush Hour Reboot. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everybody. Happy, 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 happy Friday. Friday the 13th. Spooky. Spooky. And uh, we're going to get you... Ah! Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Stupid! <laughs> oh, that was the maniacal scare. laughter and the the the, the over modulated yes. church organ, mm, organ the squeaky yes. door. Yeah, it. right. And Jarrett Carlin. Like right. we do, we didn't do a video. Hey. No, I'm saying you're scary. Oh, I see. Oh, you are scary. Yeah, we're taking Eric. you through the top stories of the day right uh-huh. now on the Rush Hour reboot. Uh, reboot. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bigley. Hey, with Vince Morata. Dan, very predictable. What's 
It's the Jason sound effect. Oh, I would never. That's yeah. I, I'm never gonna watch that movie for as long as I live. And Jared Carlin. No show is dumber than ours. Spoiler uh, alert, Sarah. Lots of kids die. Oh, <laughs> very cool. But they're very promiscuous. Fun. They're very promiscuous. Very relaxing. At a camp, Crystal Lake. What promiscuous? Okay, let's get into our top stories of the day, folks. Seventies were a different time. I, I bet. <laughs> I bet. All right. As of about thirty minutes ago, uh, we've got now four coaches whom the Cardinals have requested to interview for their head coach opening. Sean Payton, of course, Vance Joseph. Yesterday, we learned about 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans joining that list. And as of this morning, Brian Flores, the former Miami Dolphins head coach, head coach who is now at the Pittsburgh Steelers as a defensive assistant. Diana Rossini, who covers the NFL for ESPN, went on ESPN radio this morning and laid out what she believes Sean Payton is looking for in his next job. And she mentions the Cardinals. He's somebody that has a list of things that he's looking for. And one of those things is he wants a quarterback, right? He's not going to go to a place that is rebuilding. He's going to want to go in there and and have some talent, especially after we saw uh, life without Drew Brees, how difficult that was for him. So uh, you look at all the teams that are in search and Sean Payton is also a type that's going to want a lot of power and a lot of control. So you're going to need a GM that's going to be willing to give them that or perhaps maybe an organization that doesn't even have a GM yet, like the Arizona Cardinals, who we know are in search for one. So Arizona is definitely one of those spots I got. I have my eye on, and I'm not going to turn the page on New Orleans just yet. I think that is, that is always going to be on the table for, for Coach Payton, and, and who knows, maybe this could be a situation where he could convince Tom Brady to join him. Mm, I found that last little nugget. Yeah. Brilliant. Interesting. We've been talking about where he will go, but not really talking about the Saints as a potential destination or return, I guess. What do you guys think is more likely? He goes to the Cardinals, he returns to New Orleans, or he doesn't coach at all next year? Out of those three? Yes, out of those three. we're, We're leaving the other destinations out for this question. That's really hard. Um, of the three that he doesn't coach next year. I'm going to I'm going to just I'm going to hope for the best and say the Cardinals. Uh-huh. I don't know if I believe it, but I the the weird thing about this from the very beginning to me is that Sean Payton to the city of New Orleans is a, a, an iconic sports figure. He delivered he a Super Bowl to that city along with Drew Brees um, post Hurricane Katrina, and it it will forever be an iconic triumph. And now they've like the ownership of the Saints is just kind of like okay, we understand you wanted to take a leave, but but now he wants to leave on top of his leave. Yes, and it's and is I don't know. It just it's just weird to me. Yeah. I mean, they will be getting a potential first-round draft pick for mm-hmm. essentially doing nothing. The yeah, Saints. I guess. So they I must guess. like that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that will be interesting to see how that unfolds, if it actually does get to that point, though. You know that Super Bowl was 13 years ago? Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh, was it? It's amazing. Oh, Wow. All right, Michael Lombardi, who is a big voice on the NFL scene, he went on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and he said between Sean Payton and Vance Joseph, two candidates for the Cardinals, he thinks the Cardinals are more likely to hire Vance Joseph. And here's why. I do think in Arizona, if you study the Bidwell family, Michael Bidwell, his father, Bill Bidwell, this is not typically something they do. They've never turned over the organization to a coach and just said, you run it. This is not their modus operandi. I I get the sense from listening to people, Adrian BM, they want to hire a GM first. 
And if they hire Adrian Wilson, I think Vance Joseph has a really good chance to get this job. If you watch the last game of the year, they played hard on defense. They didn't play great, but they were playing hard. They got the 49ers to punt in the second quarter. I think the players respect Vance. I, I could see that going a long way. And I, I'm not sure they're ready to go down, give one coach all the authority and let him run the organization tree. Wait a minute. Did he say, as a plus, the bar they got low. the 49ers to punt in the second quarter? <laughs> I believe he did say that, yeah. The more I listen to that soundbite, the more I pick up, pick it apart. It's just top-to-bottom foolish. Okay, so then tell me more about that, Vince. Why do you feel that way? Because they have given the keys to an outsider of the organization. It was well-chronicled. Buddy Ryan ran this thing for two years. Yeah, he ran it into the ground, yeah. and it was a long time ago, Oops. but they have done it. There's a lot of teams that can't make that claim, so to say that's not their modus operandi is is crazy, and I'm tired of hearing about, oh, they played hard for Vance Joseph. Well, they played hard for Cliff Kingsbury, too, and he got fired. Mm-hmm. And if Vance Joseph is the guy, and I like Vance, and I do think... Did they this, play hard for Cliff Kingsbury? Well, it, <laughs> Okay, I'm the, not, I'm not trying to argue with you. I, if I Vance agree Joseph with you. is the guy... What are the chances that a lot of this staff gets retained? He's got relationships with these guys. Does Spencer Whipple get you know bumped up to offensive coordinator? What does that actually solve in the long? It's putting. Right. It's basically delaying the process by at least a year, in my opinion. If that happens, mm-hmm. Beck, what do you think? About yeah, that? again, I I think I'm I'm not as against as against Vance Joseph as a head coach. If that is a if that is a desperation, not a desperation. If that is a if that's if you're down to your second or third. choice, choice. Uh, I'm not necessarily against Vance Joseph because I do like him. I do think he's got leadership abilities. But like Vinny, I, I in a best case scenario, I want an entirely new culture yeah. and I want Sean Payton or I want uh, the new general manager to choose the head coach. Mm-hmm. So if if they hire Vance Joseph, it's got to be a decision the new general manager makes, not Michael Bidwell. Mm-hmm. So under those, con- under those constraints, I might be okay with it. Um, but I think once again, to me, the most important thing is getting the right person from the outside who has experience drafting and building football teams. Yes. That's imagine, what I need. That's what I demand. Imagine the introductory press conference when Michael Bidwell says, well, what really put me over the over the top on Vance Joseph is in that last game, we got the 49ers the to punt, punt in, in the, the second, second quarter. quarter. Can you believe it? Here's your new what? head coach. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. What do you want, a cookie? Oh, yes, actually. Are you offering? <laughs> totally use a cookie right now. You're supposed to take care of your kids. <laughs> That's right. That's funny. All right, let's check in on the Phoenix Suns. Some players become trade eligible two days from now on January 15th. That includes DeAndre Ayton. And then the trade deadline hits on February 9th. Not that far away, less than a month from now. Brian Windhorst shared on ESPN last night just what a strange situation the Suns are currently stuck in with what he calls three quasi-owners at the moment. Robert Sarver, of course, on his way out, but still maintaining some control. Sam Garvin appointed uh, by Sarver as the interim governor, I believe, and then Matt Ishbia, who is the incoming owner pending league approval. Here is Brian Windhorst. While Sam Garvin has said he has the authority to make trades, he actually doesn't, because under the rules that the, the league put down under the suspension, Robert Sarver is allowed to, to say yes or no to 
any trade for a player that makes over $10 million, which is who Jay Crowder is. Any trade almost certainly has to go on Sarver's desk. Meanwhile, Matt Ishbia is going to try to take control of this team within the next month. I'm not sure that the league is going to get through with their vetting process, but he's hoping to get control of the team ahead of the trade deadline so he can have a decision on who the trade is. So the, the, the Phoenix Suns front office, James Jones, is trying to help his team. He's got different people saying yes or no that he's got to sign off on. Mm. It's very, very difficult for them to get something done, not mm. to mention the trade market's tight. Your reaction to this whole situation? Yeah, this, it, it's, it's a little alarming to me because Sam Garvin is on record in, in an interview with Dwayne Rankin is saying that, that, no, we can do things. And yet Brian Windhurst is saying, no, you can't. That bothers me. Why, why is there this disconnect on something that fundamental? And, and and why isn't there why isn't there just core transparency on this issue? That worries me. Mm, core transparency these days? Yeah, come I on, I know. But but in something what? like this, something like this, when fans are just going nuts, th- this limbo is tearing this fan base apart. Look, as I, it is, losing. it is. I have the solution. You know, NBA Board of Governors, let me do your legwork. I've read at least three articles and watched a video on Matt Ishbia. The guy's squeaky clean. He's perfect. He's perfect Brandon. for the league. Right. Just let him go. Just pass him through before February 9th, and let's get this thing moving. Come on. Is that too much to ask? It might be. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, that was a very creepy Friday the 13th edition of the Rush Hour Reboot. Thank you, Sarah. Well done, Sarah. Coming up next... Uh, Were those old Disney uh, haunted house sound effects? Oh, yeah. Oh, those are the best. Were they the best? Uh, 14 teams entering the uh, playoffs this weekend in the NFL. What would make the best Super Bowl matchup Mm. at State Farm Stadium? We'll get into that next. It's Bickley Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I mean, I think it's the same approach that we've taken every single week. Um, you know, obviously, we try to we try to win every single game that we play in. This is no different. Um, we just know that you know it's it's win or go home, and um, you know. There might be a little bit more attention to detail, but again, this is the, the standard that we set for ourselves and Coach McDermott sets for ourselves at playoff caliber. Now that we're here, it's championship caliber, so um, there's always going to be that just little little up in effort or attention to detail because, again, like guys don't want to go home. You know, we're playing for each other. We love each other, and um, you know, we got a job to do. It's Josh Allen, the uh, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, ahead of their uh, wild card matchup mm. uh, this weekend against the Miami Dolphins that Sunday in the early game. I don't feel even the least bit uncomfortable saying this. For fans, you know, football fans whose team is not in this bracket, the Buffalo Bills have to be the overwhelming favorite of those types I, of fans. There's no doubt about it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think even before the DeMar Hamlin story, the Buffalo Bills would have been painted as the sentimental favorites, just based on their travails and just based on how wildly popular Josh Allen is to most football fans. Well, look at all the things working in their favor, and I agree with you. This is before the DeMar mm-hmm. Hamlin situation that shined a different light on this organization and that community, but... Their fan base is amazing. They're passionate. They're long-suffering. They've been on the doorstep the last couple years. They've been close. 
Um, and they have that that moniker of being the only team that that made four in a row and hasn't won. And I think since then, people have kind of had that. Uh, it would be nice for the Bills to win one. Oh yeah. Well, they also they're, had the Music City Miracle against them. Yes, they're uh, they're a really fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. They're wide open. Um, all of those things are going for them, and and. To get new blood into the Super Bowl, there's always a faction of people that, that are looking for that. I mean, it's been 30-plus years since the Bills sniffed a Super Bowl. Yeah, listen, and, and I think you have to look in terms of the fact that this is going to be a Super Bowl. I mean, we would, no matter where the Super Bowl was was located this year, we would be talking about what is the best matchup. What, yes. what, what do we want the most? The fact that it's in our backyard amplifies that discussion because if the Bills do get here, it, it's going to be a really big deal. It's it's going to be, be almost as big of a deal as the Patriots getting here with a 17-0 record, with a chance for NFL immortality, or an 18-0 record, with a chance for NFL immortality, and they failed. Uh-huh. And, and so, I, so I think that we've had a couple of ginormous Super Bowls in Glendale. Buffalo with a chance to kind of cash that chip, I think everybody is kind of behind that. Again, I, I think you just look at the broad-based popularity of Josh Allen. People love him because of the way he plays. Just He's, he's sort of a modern day Brett Favre without the Brett Favreiness. You know what I mean? Except likable. Welfare funds. Right, right, right. Without that. Yeah, good. I don't even think he owns a pair of Crocs. No, yeah, right. And so. (laughs) Or denim shorts. But I mean, listen, if you were to pull every casual football fan, I think think Josh Allen's Q rating, his popularity rating, would be about as high as anybody in the NFL. It's a very likable team. It's a very likable player. They're they're the team I want to see get there. And the way this bracket sets up, too, they got the Dolphins this week. And Mm -hmm. if Cincinnati gets gets by the Ravens, which we expect to happen. You'd get that Monday night football rematch in the second round, that game that was highly anticipated that never got off the ground because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. And if the Bills won that, they'd likely have the Chiefs in the AFC championship game on a neutral field. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, that would be that would be quite the path to get there, and yeah. I think they can do it. Yeah, no, I think they can too. The neutral field thing is, I you know, I can I can deal without that. I but whatever, <laughs> whatever. When we had uh, Catherine Fitzgerald on, she also pointed out that beyond the Hamlin news, this is also the same season that they had a historic uh, snowstorm. Yes, where they, they had to miss one of their home games, where a Detroit. lot of the local community had like their houses, and there was deaths and all that stuff. So there's a lot to rally around with this team. Yes. Uh, yeah, if the and so now what? What? So let's so let's complete the loop. So if Buffalo is the preferred team to be here from the AFC, what's the preferred team from the NFC? Is it indeed the 49ers? Because if it's the 49ers, the best game. If it's the 49ers, you have this great matchup of of great offense versus great defense. Yeah, you definitely have that. You got the local kid in Brock Purdy, maybe, unless Which, he gets benched again, for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> and he played in that stadium in the Fiesta Bowl when he was at Iowa State. That's right. He accepted an award for the high school player of the year wearing a Cardinals jersey in that stadium. You know what's funny is we, we've pointed this out, but the version of the Bills on in the NFC is the Vikings. But they don't have any of the sort of public sentiment behind them for some reason. Well, because like the Vikings have, Super Bowl failures were a lot earlier than the Bills Super Bowl failures, so there's less people that remember yes. it. And Kirk Cousins is not nearly as likable no, as Josh that's Allen. that's the key of it all. 
It's it's the Kirk Cousins thing. There's a there's a there's an element to Kirk Cousins that people can't put their finger on. What a dork! What a dork! Nobody quite understands why people can't rally. What a dork! Yeah. It's the wearing the it's wearing Uggs to press conferences. It's the you know. Yeah. Grandpa plaid shirt. Right. Yeah, there's just something there's just something very unintimidating about Kirk Cousins. Yeah. He had that thing go viral where they The uh, thing is, if you were going if you were going to Cousins, rate the right. best the best one two punches in the playoffs, who's better than the Vikings? And I'm talking about running back wide receiver. The two impact players on uh, wide receiver running back. Who's better than the Vikings with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson? Is there anybody? Christian McCaffrey and a healthy Debo Samuel? Yeah, that's close. Close. That's pretty good. Um, but here's, uh, you know, I'm pretty clear cut on the AFC. You can make arguments for, for the best Super Bowl matchup, define it how you will, for four different teams in the NFC, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Okay. Let me you know, hear it. San Francisco, yes, because of the defense. The, the Brock Purdy story doesn't resonate outside of San Francisco and Arizona. It, no. It's basically the Mr. A, Irrelevant thing might, it, but, it, it but might, you're right. It might. It's still, it's still a good story, but you don't get the feel-good local ties. So, but you can make a case for them. I think you can make a case, obviously, for the Philadelphia Eagles, who have had the top record in the league the entire season. I think you can make a case for the Dallas Cowboys, because they are America's team. How about them Cowboys? Oh, and I think... Boy. When Tom Brady's involved. Oh, no. At 45? The Brady thing could be good in the sense that it could be the passing of the torch moment that we thought we were getting when they played the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Yes. I'm still still going with Buffalo. San Francisco is my top matchup, the one that I would like to see the most. That's what I want. That's yeah. where I, the the Minnesota thing is a close second to me, but Buffalo, Minnesota, uh, I think for either fan base to properly end the torment that they felt, it can't be against one another. It can't be in a one one fan base is going to win regardless kind of situation. Yeah. And hey, the Giants oh. uh, come possibly coming back to. State Farm Stadium, where oh, they won man. their last Super Bowl. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Again, as a completely mediocre team. Actually, they won one after that. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, I mean, if you that when the Cubs won their World Series, they defeated Cleveland, who was also on like a 70-year yeah. World but Series drought it, and a tortured fan base and stuff. Yeah, but, but it came but down to Minnesota and Buffalo. That would be kind of the, the but, team there. Time out. The, the, when did LeBron win the championship for Cleveland? Was it 2016. Before, was it before the Indians or after the Indians? The, it was, the was it the year. same year? I think it was the same year that so, they both made the So it would have been finals. it would have been before then because the Cavaliers would have June won in as June. opposed to October. Right. So Cleveland was already if, if we've city, got yeah. that right, they're they're already in a post euphoric glow. Right, as yeah. a city, I guess yeah. that's right. I don't know, it's gonna be interesting. It's it's let's yeah, I, I really think the Buffalo on this side of the ledger is very, very important the, to, to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Uh I'm pulling for him. Yeah. The big question though is Bick, will you have the bottle opener around your neck this weekend? No, it's dry January, Vinny. Oh, no, but I can't. Oh. Have yourself a sarsaparilla. Yeah. A cream soda. A gorilla. Is that what you did? Oh, I love cream soda. Oh, I love cream soda uh, so much. I do. Oh, it's so good. I loved cream soda when I was a kid, and then I got sick on it once, and I've never even had oh, it. Oh, yeah. Right. Completely yeah. swore it off. I did that with the Picardi O. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a different yeah, story. That's a different story altogether. The countdown to Super Bowl 57 has begun. A Bud Light FanDuel and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. Register and listen for your name starting the week of February 6th. You can score a pair of 
tickets to the Super Bowl, plus win tickets to the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Dext Super, S-U-P-E-R to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Coming up next, we are halfway through this football Friday. Bick's got your second half kickoff. He always defers to the second half. Did you notice that? <laughs> uh, the Bickley Blast is next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.